Every play, every stat, every breakdown, on their own they're essential, but altogether they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advantage tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing pieces to get the most out of every second of film. Learn more at huddle.com slash a quick timeout. Recently, we hosted our annual basketball coaches clinic with guys like Bob Ritchie, Doug Novak, Mark Cassio, and Tyler Costin. A lot of great X's and O's, small-sided games, and other on-court stuff. One of our other speakers was ESPN's Paul Biancardi, who gave a unique talk on coaching and connecting with today's players. I wanted to share part of that with you this week. If you're interested in any of those sessions, I'll be sure to link those down in the description. Hope you enjoyed this talk from Coach Paul Biancardi. Going to clinics, I would talk about the one-three-one zone that turns into a two-three or a man, or different offenses. And I always said, you know, when I go back into coaching, I'm I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to press more. I'm going to run this offense more. And it was about 2016. After interviewing player after player, and then talking to college coaches that were miserable in January and February, miserable. Losing streaks. I can't connect with my team. I've lost my guys. These are these are. One was a Hall of Fame coach, who's now co- not coaching anymore, and it's not Coach Gay, and it's not Roy Williams. And you see how losing streaks happen, and you wonder, and how winning streaks happen. You look at talent. You look at coaches. You look at the leagues they play in. So then I started to say to myself. These guys right here, if you don't know them, all the great things that you've learned yesterday and today, it's not going to matter. It may matter for a little while. It may matter in November and December when everybody's excited. You get to January and February, that's when you know if you have their heads and if you have their hearts. So I started to talk about coaching today's player because they were not quitting on their coaches, they weren't connecting with their coaches, they weren't on the same page. And as coaches, we're getting older, they're staying younger. You're a young guy, you just got done playing, so you understand. But as we get older, they stay the same age. You guys, a Generation Z, is that correct? Do you even know that? Yeah. Nod your heads if you're Generation Z, if you know that. Okay, which Generation Z? People have been born after, I believe it's 1997-ish. That's who you're coaching. You should do as much research as you can on Generation Z. And the next generation, Generation Alpha, they were born from 2010 on. And before Generation Z was what? What was before Generation Z? Anybody know? What? Anybody say it? Millennials. All that talk about millennials. So having two kids, daughters, I had to quickly learn about what a millennial was. I didn't like it, but I had to learn about it. So I want to give you some things that I think will help you during the season. 
so you can execute all the great things that you've learned from a basketball standpoint. How many of you have said, and raise your hand, I just don't understand the players today. Anybody, anybody say that to themselves? I don't understand today's player. I, I don't understand how they can't work hard. I don't understand how they can't make a commitment. I don't understand, can't communicate with these guys. If you've said that to yourself, middle school coaches are saying it, high school coaches are saying it, college coaches are saying it, NBA. The problem is from the top down. It's not just you, believe me. So I wanna go over a few things that I've learned, some ways maybe around it, uh, how to help yourself, and, and get through the difficult times, because they are gonna be difficult. And I think now, more than ever today, you have to understand today's player. All right, so what I've learned. This is the first generation of technology. Since birth, they have swiped before they can speak. But you know why they take shortcuts? Not because they're They've grown up kids. with computers, Everything's quick with and phones. Easy. There's got to be a way around it. Which most it's of you have not. the same way they think on the court. Is they and each generation will be smarter than the next. It's a results-based generation. And this is what shapes their feelings. They can so go when you can't understand what shapes their feelings, it's TikTok. My daughter it's played Instagram. soccer. She was 14 it's years old. She's Twitter. sitting in the kitchen. Everything's with come her fast computer in the world. Get it, she's got soccer practice in two hours. To happen quickly. And I'm like a drill sergeant. You got your bag, you got your water, you got your cleats. Make sure you warm up. She's on her computer looking at Max Preps. And I said, what are you looking at at Max Preps? Oh, I'm looking to see where our, you know, the girls are ranked in our state. I said, you got practice in two hours. That doesn't matter. You have to have a kick-ass practice today. What are you doing to prepare for practice? She's already thinking and already comparing. And by the way, this is a comparing and complaining generation as well. And that's not being negative, that's just the way you, your generation is. You compare and you complain. I want you to know what you're fighting against. So my daughter's looking at all the girls that are ranked in the state because she wants to be ranked. And I says, why don't you just prepare for practice with a great warm-up, get all your stuff, and be the best player in practice today. Make that your goal today. And she looked at me and she said, Dad, what do you know about rankings? Right? And I was doing it for like eight years at ESPN. So that's where your players are doing. They're looking what other people are getting, what they're receiving. Okay, they make decisions by what other people say. They make decisions by what they see. They make decisions by what they hear. That's dangerous, all three. Who and what surrounds your player is different today? I like to say this, you coach today, you've got to know their 360. You need to know their parents, their parents' job, their siblings, their relatives, their birthdays, their trainer if they have one, strength and conditioning coach if they have one, know the 360. Because the more you know the circle around your players, the more you'll know your player. 
I understand that buy-in is as difficult today as ever. It's a more complex generation. But we have to adapt and we have to adjust. And that's huge. Just like you adapt and adjust on the court. Okay, Rex talked about his defensive calls. I caught the end of it. You have to adapt to what the offense is doing. You have to adapt to what the defense is doing. You have to adapt to them. I don't want to hurt your feelings. They're not adapting to us all that much. But we'll get down the line on how they will adapt. You are constantly creating habits, changing habits, and trying to influence how they think. Now the good news in all this is they, their generation, they crave re relationships. They want relationships with you. That's the good news. The bad news is they're entitled. And it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're an entitled generation. Not all you guys or girls are entitled, but it's a generation that is entitled because everything has come fast. They know more than the generation before them. They're way smarter than us, but they haven't experienced process yet. They don't have experience yet. They don't know why something works. They just know that it does. So how are you going to coach these, these guys and girls? Okay, three things that I think is really important. A four. Number one, you got to care about the player as a person. You, you have to coach them second, get to know them first. That's huge. The relationship before recruiting for people that are recruiting. It's about the relationship. It's not about recruiting somebody. Caring about them as people before players is really important. So I want to talk about that right now. That old expression, they don't care what you know, they just want to know that you care. It's as true as ever. Your job is to blend their game with your team. Blend their game with your team. The deeper you go into their lives, the more demanding you can be. And as coaches, we want to be demanding because we know how competitive it is on this court. Do you have a plan for your players? Do you have a plan? And I'm not talking just basketball. Do you have a character building plan? How do you mold and shape their character? Do you have an academic plan for your players? High school? College? And yes, do you have a basketball plan? I, I like to call that the cat. Character, academics, and talent. It's as simple as that. See, we all have the drills, the concepts, the strategy. We have the basketball plan for our team. We have an idea of the roles of our players. We have a plan for the first three guys, girls. We better have a plan for everybody on your team. Character plan, academic plan, talent plan, individually based. Then you fit that in 
to your team. When you don't spend time with your players, there's somebody else that is. There's another voice coming from somebody. Believe me. The things that I hear and the things that I hear that people say to kids, players, I wish I could intervene, but I can't. And I can't stick my nose in where I'm not being asked. Focus on the relationship as much as you focus in on the results. Test yourself with that. Because that's why you guys hit the snooze button. Because they think you don't care about them. Snooze button, snooze button. And then once they hit the snooze button, you lost them. And then once you lose them, you have a losing season. And you can't understand it. Number two, you gotta connect. Does anybody have a way that you connect with your players? Just raise your hand. Does anybody do anything special to connect with your, your players on a connection basis? Any, anybody? Okay. So if you're gonna connect with your players, you gotta get on their level. That's number one. One way to connect with them, just one way, is on social media. Doesn't mean you have to post things. Doesn't mean you have to read everything because sometimes social media pulls us in a direction to read everything. You don't have to read everything. You don't have to post. But follow your players on social media. Like what they do. Hit the like button. Make a comment. Right? If I make a comment on you guys today, are you going to read it? Are you going to read it? Yes or no? Can you talk? Can you talk? There you go. Got to work on communication there, coach. Okay. Follow them. Comment. Praise them when it's appropriate. Not fake praise, but real compliments. Go where they are. Do you know the music that they listen to? I had one coach says, you know what? I get to know each player, and the way I connect with them is through music. I want to know who their favorite artist is. And then I listen to that artist. And then I have them listen to my favorite artist. Pretty neat. Way to connect. Now you know who I like music-wise, and I know that you like Drake. Little baby. Listen to the music. May not like it. Just listen to it. So now you have something to talk about. Do you know what sneakers they like? I know one coach who gets to know the sneaker game, the shoe game. I know that he likes to wear Kobe's, he likes to wear Adidas. Why? Which sneaker? It's just a way to have a conversation. See, because the basketball coach who just talks about basketball all the time and lectures right and wrong, snooze button, snooze button. I get hit with the snooze button every day by my girls, every day, because I go in the mode of a dad and sometimes in the mode of a coach, and I got to stop myself. Do you know their class schedule? Do you know their favorite subject? Have you told them what you studied in school? You need to connect. 
Where's the connectivity with you and your players? It's really important. A Quick Timeout Podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Duke Blue Devils, and countless others and an upgrade to Dr. Dish Basketball. And now, save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Timeout Podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. A big thanks to 323 Sports for supporting the show. The guys with 323 Sports are a team dealer providing uniforms, gear, equipment, and more to schools and colleges across the country. I've used them on multiple occasions, and their customer service and low prices are second to none. To find out more, visit 323sports.com, where you can reach out directly to a rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. All right, next is communication. And it's really powerful. And when I say communicate, I don't mean pontificate. I don't mean, you know, we love to talk. Are you listening? Are you an active listener? When you have your meetings, when you're in a restaurant, when you're taking your player out for an ice cream, spending some one-on-one time, are you actively listening? There's four levels in my mind of communication. I think this is important. Conversational. I talk, you talk. I talk, you listen. You talk, I listen. There's instructional conversation. That's when you are being instructional. You're teaching. You're coaching. That's form of communication. There's correctional conversation. That's feedback. You guys give feedback? Not just about the jump shot or about the defensive scheme or about the blockout. You give them feedback as a person. And then there's motivational communication where you're inspiring, you're encouraging, and you're motivating. Which reminds me, the great Hubie Brown said long time ago, and he's, I think he's 83 now, still doing NBA games, maybe older. He said something that I picked up right away. You need to be more instructional than critical. Now write that one down and post it for yourself. Be more instructional than critical. What does that mean? In the heat of a mistake, Paul Biancardi, when he was coaching, was critical. Critical. Why did you do it? What are you thinking about? You're killing our team. And those are the good things I said. So can you be instructional in the heat of the moment? Because when you're instructional with today's player, they look at it as if you care. When you're critical, overly critical, which we all can be, especially in the heat of the moment, they look at it as if you don't like them and it's a reason for them to quit on you. Be mindful of what you say, how you say it, and in front of who you say it. Now I work for the great Rick Majerus. Who knows that name? Put your hand up if you know that name so I know that. Okay. 
I mean, that guy was a phenomenal teacher and eater. <laughs> he could eat. I've had many dinners and gained 20 pounds with him. So I worked for Coach for about a year and felt like seven, so I guess you could call it dog years. One of the most brilliant people, coaches I've ever met, and teacher of the game. His message was phenomenal each time, right on the money, whether it had to do with academics, character, or basketball. But the tone, whoo! I had to go clean it up. Myself, Porter Moser, who's now at Oklahoma, we were assistants for Coach Majerus. So the tone of what you say is so important. It doesn't mean you can't raise your voice. But I just talked to a player who just made a big commitment last week. And I asked him, well, what do you mean by he's a player's coach? Does that mean you can do whatever you want? He said, no, he just doesn't yell unless there's a purpose. I thought that was pretty good. See, I'm, I'm constantly picking the brain of today's recruit. He says, no, I just don't want somebody yelling at me just to yell and scream. If it's a purposeful reason they're yelling, then I'm listening. If they're ranting and raving because they're upset, I block them out. That's how today's player thinks. I thought that was a great point. So understand, you can be demanding, but you can't be demeaning. You can't make it personal. Have the hard talks in private. Don't embarrass your players in front of their peers. Raise your hand if you agree with that. Just honestly, put your hand up high so I can see it. I can't see. So you're yawning, so you're not sure. So you don't want to be embarrassed in front of your peers, right? But you'll take the hard talk in a closed room, right? Even you? You? You said you like to be yelled at, right? Okay, that's one. Who likes to be yelled at? Raise your hand. Honestly. One, two. I don't know how many players there. Fifteen? Two like to be yelled at. There it is. 